Chapter Twenty Two of The Pocket Measure by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Two: Measuring Human Influence. With careful tact, did Mrs. Temple watch for just the right opportunity for checking any restiveness in the heart of her guests? She realized that, as their minds reacted from the heavy strain which had been upon them so long, the sense of dependence and poverty would assert itself and tempt them to think of themselves as intruders. It was at the close of a lovely summer day that they sat on the piazza which commanded the finest view of the ocean and discussed the future. Mr. Spafford himself opened the way by remarking that it must have been a very warm day in the city. Yes, said Mrs. Temple, and that reminds me of something over which I have been worrying a little. You will surely not think of taking baby back to the city until summer has entirely spent itself, will you? Our first months of autumn, you know, are liable to be quite as oppressive as midsummer. Baby had such a narrow escape that, it seems to me, you should hazard a great deal in trying to return before October at the earliest. The mother's heart gave a little thrill of satisfaction over this sentence. It was so pleasant to hear the past tense used in connection with her darling's illness. Others beside herself, then, accepted the danger as past. She was joyful and grateful. But the father's mind was occupied with another problem. He was thankful for the past and foreboding for the future. He was the breadwinner of this little family, and saw no way in which to win any. The rent, too, had been accumulating, he having had only promises with which to pay the last month's balance, and now another was nearly due. Every Monday morning, when Mr. Temple returned to the city, he had said cheerily, "'I will keep a lookout for you, Spafford, and I think there will be an opening of some sort soon.' but openings in the commercial world at this date were not so numerous, at least such as would support a man with a family. Young men by the dozens stood ready to absorb any opening and be content with small salaries. So Mr. Spafford's face was clouded. "'I must go back to the city as soon as I possibly can and look for work,' he said, speaking quickly. You forget, Mrs. Temple, that I have nothing but your unparalleled kindness to live upon. I don't think that is true, she made answer in quiet tone. You have your father's sure promise. But I don't want to trammel you. When Mr. Temple comes down again, you and he, talking it over, may decide it best to go back together and make arrangements for the future. But in regard to your wife and baby— I feel exactly like meddling. I don't think I could endure it to have my baby taken back to the city until I felt that it was safe. He is my only grandchild, you know, and I may be excused, perhaps, for being selfish over him. I think, Mr. Spafford, you should lay your commands on mother and child to stay quietly here with me while you bear the heat and burden of the day." I shall not go to town until the very last of October, probably, and I need not try to tell you how lonely I should feel without the mother and baby. I suppose you and Mr. Temple could keep Bachelor's Hall together, if it should seem necessary? What answer could be made to such persistent kindness? 
the guests looked at each other and felt almost embarrassed by this wealth of hospitality how were they ever to express their gratitude mrs spafford studying for the hundredth time the whole matter suddenly put it into a question which she had longed to ask how came you to do it mrs temple i mean what induced you to take us in in this unworldly fashion and do for us and with us as if we were your very own you make altogether too much of it said mrs temple speaking lightly is it so strange a thing that a woman with a house at her disposal and leisure on her hands should be heartily glad of pleasant friends about her for the summer especially when there was a baby like our war included still i know what you mean by what line of impulse or suggestion did it first occur to me you will doubtless be surprised my dear friend to learn that you were the starting point do you remember that first missionary meeting downtown that you attended and your prayer i remember the meeting very well mrs spafford said her cheeks flushing and the fact that i offered prayer but what has that to do with this summer's experience much there was that in your prayer which set me to thinking in a new channel i had been accustomed to think of the foreign field as very widely separated from work at home two channels you know each feeding the ocean of god's work for the world but stretched apart to such a degree that those who gave their lives to feeding one channel could not do much in any way for the other something in your language and manner made me feel that they touched each other joined hands indeed that i could lay my hand on my next neighbor's shoulder and speak a word or look a feeling that could be made to reach to africa or china i cannot describe it very well nor make it very clear to you what a hold the thought took upon me but i know i looked about on those with whom i came in contact with very different eyes from that time forth i had felt myself consecrated time money and strength to the work of foreign missions my father died in the work abroad and my two brothers and a sister labor there to-day and in short i lived for the other side of the world and thought it right i still think it right but i see fresh ways of doing it i can reach china through my neighbor that i meet on the street i am constantly saying to myself who knows but what that little girl may do for china when she grows into a woman who knows what millions that little fellow playing at my neighbor's back door may give for japan or india am i making my meaning plain i don't believe i am but it is plain to me when i heard of my blessed little war's illness without any idea as to how i should come to love him as my very own i instantly said to myself how can i know but his life is to be saved through me so that he may in the years to come touch all heathendom with his influence i got that out of your own prayer mrs spafford it came to me as it never had before and i have enjoyed living twice as well since then it is not that i love china less you know but my neighbor more the lord has opened fresh streams and given me a chance to help swell their current for the same great end and her eyes were shining with tears just at that moment there appeared in the door master war spafford in nurse philbrick's arms 
that devoted slave of his was to leave him on the morrow and had been enjoying a last love scene with him in the nursery his mother arose to take him and as she pressed his velvet cheek to hers she said her voice slightly tremulous with feeling we will try to train this little boy that the love and wealth you have lavished on him may bring an hundredfold reward to the foreign field after that both parents believed that they would have been silly as well as ungrateful to have pressed the idea of going away in the face of mrs temple's expressed advice to the contrary still the father's face was shadowed and he was plainly growing restive some move he must make or his manhood would suffer the dignity of suffering and the foreboding of coming sorrow that had held him prisoner were lifted war was able to roll in the sand and shout at the waves and frolic in one way and another during every moment of his waking hours his cheeks were growing round and plump again and his eyes were bright with health and the joy of living the father felt that he must be at work but it was two days after the talk on the piazza that he was summoned to the parlor to meet a caller the conference was a somewhat lengthy one but he came away from it with a bright light in his eyes and ascended the stairs two steps at a time in search of his wife callie dear he said going over to her i shall have to go to the city without you and before the time we had planned why she asked him not startled his face was too bright for any news that was not pleasant i think from your face warren that you must have an opportunity for employment and indeed i think from my heart that such must be the case my faith has been stronger all the morning then i can reward it with a bit of sight he said gleefully callie do you remember that carpet clerk of whom we bought our carpet how interested he seemed in our twists and turns to save a penny and how patient he was with us she remembered him perfectly the wife declared and moreover had often thought of him and wondered whether he had a happy home well it is he who has been calling on me he brought me great news mr temple it seems had heard that there was a vacancy in their house and called in person to present my name but there were a dozen applicants and but for what we are apt to term an accident it would have done no good mr johns the carpet clerk was standing by and recognized my name it seems he had been more or less interested in us ever since his little sister met you at a missionary meeting in the city and fell in love with you rushed up and kissed you so he says do you remember her he is a favorite in the house has served them faithfully for a number of years and they were disposed to listen to his advice he had heard me mentioned favorably by our firm more than once and suggested that they send to inquire into the particulars of my leaving their employ this was done and mr burton himself told the whole story giving me an excellent name john says and admitting that he considered himself hasty in discharging me well when mcallister and hayes heard the story they both being members of the sabbath committee and staunch advocates of a stricter observance of the day agreed in five minutes to give me the vacancy and sent johns who was coming down here for a two weeks vacation to interview me this morning 
and tell me i might report at their establishment to-morrow morning if i chose to-morrow morning repeated mrs spafford with a little sinking at her heart despite the good news their first separation was then near at hand yes it is sudden dear but after all not too soon for me to go to work an able-bodied man cannot sit down idly and let others feed him a minute longer than the providence of god seems to hold him there you can come home in a little while callie i can get all ready for you and the boy and only think what a boy you will have to bring back besides there is something else you haven't asked me as to salary what do you say to a thousand a year robin ruff and the foolishly happy father sang out the refrain of the old tune stopped in the middle of a strain by a warning shake of his wife's head and a nestling in the crib really warren really callie with a prospect of increase if i succeed in meeting their requirements which i can for they have the name of being as fine a firm to work for as there is in the city what do you think was mrs spafford's second thought connected with this whole matter she turned toward her husband her soul shining in her eyes her very voice radiant oh warren then we will have a hundred dollars a year for the jewel case we had nothing for it this month apparently because you were earnestly trying to follow the lord's own command and now we have it almost doubled and the influences can be traced back to the same cause isn't that wonderful that reminds me callie there is another point i don't know what you will say to this johns wants to come out and board with us he says he must get away from the city stuffy room he has you know and poor board nothing home-like i feel sorry for him i told him we would consider the matter and let him know i thought possibly you could see your way clear to giving him that extra room and perhaps use his board to pay a girl with and so get a little leisure yourself as much as this fellow will give you how does it strike you at first thought mrs spafford's face clouded for a moment with a perplexed look then cleared i had designs on that room she said brightly i thought possibly we could make it do actual missionary work for us but then who knows but this may be the lord's appointed way for us to do it this mr johns isn't even a christian is he yet how do we know but he may be worth everything to the cause some day perhaps mrs temple is right and each little movement of ours tells not only for the work at home but for the great world abroad if only our faith reaches out and grasps them all yes warren i think we will make a home for him if he wishes i feel as though i would like to make homes for everybody and take them all in as for mr johns i have had a fancy for him ever since he waited so patiently while i changed my mind a dozen times about our carpet we'll buy a pretty one for his room won't we oh see what the mail has brought me a letter from our treasurer with the largest remittance for my share in the business that i have ever had yet that scheme is going to succeed royally i feel it more than ever warren i think i feel just a little as david did when he said my cup runneth over now passing over the long quiet rest 
when mother and child grew strong together when mrs spafford and her hostess grew daily more closely united in christian love and sympathy and took sweet counsel together i shall let you peep into the little house deserted so suddenly on that summer morning for this is the family reunion all day long has the neighbor mrs evans been moving with tireless feet about the rooms giving them a home-like air at supper time they were expected and she has set the table in holiday array in the bright dining-room and mindful of a certain supper-table which marked a new era in her home life and has made delicate little puffs of soda-biscuit for supper and stewed potatoes in milk and broiled a steak and she knows perfectly well as she surveys all the nice appointments of the table that mrs spafford herself pattern housekeeper though she may be could not have improved upon the details of that meal the expected ones have arrived and are moving about upstairs at this moment washing away the dust of travel the temple carriage brought them but a half hour ago even as it had taken them away but what a gay bright rollicking baby is returned to them in place of the wan shadow they carried away i shan't know him at all had mrs evans declared to the satisfaction of the mother she shivered even yet over the recollection of the pitiful little face he carried away how brown he is exclaimed the father and the mother laughed and declared that it was the sunshine on the sand that he had done nothing for six weeks but roll around in the sand and shout and crow oh yes it had been a joyous homecoming we invited ourselves to supper explained mrs evans as she seated the lady of the house and motioned her own husband to his place i knew you wouldn't be able to find things the first evening i don't suppose i have them in the right place but i know where they are and that is all that is necessary at present to-morrow mrs spafford your phyllis is to come don't you think her name really is phyllis she knows how to do everything so she says and she looks as though she might know a good deal especially about some things i know i am glad she is to be your help and not mine mr evans laid down his knife and fork to laugh my wife retains her horror of hired help in full force to this day he said with evident satisfaction you haven't had one around since betty left you in the lurch that rainy morning have you not for an hour she said complacently and i confess it would give me a little twinge of disappointment to be obliged to have one but you are mistaken dane about the horror i have lost all the old feeling of utter helplessness that used to come over me when i used to try to find fault without knowing wherein the fault lay or how to remedy it it is a very different sensation to remember if your help chooses to get offended and leave just at dinner-time that the dinner will not necessarily suffer in consequence the trouble was i was a slave to my ignorance until mrs spafford gave me a taste of freedom upstairs after the dining-room had been set in orderly array the two ladies moved about mrs evans turning down the blankets of the pretty crib and making it ready for its occupant and the mother as she laid the happy boy within and tucked the snowy coverings carefully 
turned to her friend with a sweetly solemn smile on her face as she said my friend i have you also to thank for this hour under god you saved my baby to me i have never put into words how much i thank you for your swift silent thoughtful work but god knows how i have remembered it and always shall i have lately come to feel what is to me a somewhat new idea about it who can tell what god may let those little hands or that baby voice do for his glory in the turning of the nations of the earth to himself and if he gives him great things to do will not part of the work be yours what wonderful rewards god may have in store for even our smallest efforts made for his sake i understand about the cup of cold water better than i ever did before mrs evans's eyes were moist as she answered humbly it is but a very little commonplace thing that i could do i was just a simple errand girl and carried a message to those who could and did but my motive i think was love for you my friend i can claim no blessing from the master ah can you not inasmuch as ye did it unto one of the least of these my brethren ye did it unto me End of chapter 22